0: Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Guys, welcome back for another episode. Big episode today. Uh, First, we're going to talk about the Charlie McEvoy extension with the Boston Bruins. We have not talked hockey at all in a while. Never mind the Bruins. Really, since the Stanley Cup and the... puck draws the season opens not I don't I'm not sure if it's for the Bruins or I haven't really taken a look at the schedule. I've been busy lately, but October second, so my predictions are gonna be coming out soon uh right around late September, maybe October first it's gonna be right around uh late September early October, but anyway, the rest gonna be football. you already know. Before we actually review every Sunday and Monday game, I, I'm going to make it a little quicker, because last week it was a two-hour episode, it was a two-day project, and listening to it kind of bored you guys to death a little, so I'm just going to do like a little bit quicker, bigger takeaways, not like, okay, this receiver, had this stats. you know what I'm saying, a little quicker, but before we get to that... After we get to the Charlie McAvoy extension, I want to get to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. I'm going to break that down. I'm going to grade that trade. Then Jalen Ramsey requesting a trade. Which team should go after him? What does this mean for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Then, again, to wrap it off, we'll review every Sunday and Monday night football game. So, first, we are going to get to the Charlie McAvoy extension, so let's get to that. It's nice to be back uh, for a little bit of hockey, and it's just The offseason doesn't really excite me that much for many sports. I I I wouldn't say it doesn't excite me. It's just I like the Bruins and the like for hockey and baseball, I'm more of just a Bruins and a Red Sox guy. I'll still cover some MLB and some NHL but I like covering the whole entire league a little more for the NBA and and uh, the NFL, and then when it comes to the M- MLB and NHL, I think that's evident. I more just like to cover the Bruins and the Red Sox. I'm trying to expand a little bit, but we're working on that. Uh, and the Bruins just didn't really have a big off season, I guess is what you could say, but McAvoy signs a three-year $14.7 million extension with the Bruins. He's 22. uh, I'm pretty sure it's 22. 21 years old. He's almost 22, and it did take a little bit. Took a while, but this extension is amazing for the Boston Bruins. You get a 21-year-old franchise defenseman locked up for the next three, over three years, for less than 15 million dollars. I heard the market on McAvoy somewhere between six to eight million dollars per year. You got him for four point nine million dollars a year. That is incredible. What the Bruins just did was amazing. Now Charlie McAvoy, this was not great business for McAvoy. McAvoy could have got more money. The Bruins, not only obviously, you know, if you sat there and what would you rather sign a player to a three-year twenty million dollar deal or a three-year fourteen point seven million dollar deal? Obviously, you're going to go with the fourteen point seven. You're going to go with the cheaper deal. McAvoy should have realized he was in for bigger money. Okay, you know, less than five million dollars. The market for him was six to eight mil. And I, for you NBA fans or NHL, uh, not NHL, NFL or MLB, you don't really understand the NHL. Six to eight million dollars is a lot. Okay, hockey players don't get paid thirty million dollars like they do in the NBA. It, you know what I'm trying to get to at? They don't get paid as much money. Like if you're getting. $13 million a year, that, that's, your elite. You are. You are special. In the NBA, that's, like, a decent role player. Like, that's like Danny Green, okay? Yeah, that's someone, like, that's signing Danny Green. There's That's a very elite hockey player in the NHL compared to, in the NBA, it's like a Danny Green. It's just different, right? But McAvoy was in for a good amount of money. Now, McAvoy isn't, you know, eight. Like, Hall of—I wouldn't say that. I I don't know how to put this, but McAvoy isn't a guy that should be getting paid, like, the prestige amount of money, like the highest-paid defenseman in the NHL. He shouldn't be that. But he's elite. He's young, 21 years old. He's a franchise defenseman. He deserves more than this. And I guarantee you his next payday is definitely going to be bigger. Not just because of inflation, but as long as McAvoy can stay healthy and stay on this path that he's on— He's going to get more money. Obviously, you know, just because the the amount of money these guys are starting to get paid is slowly creeping up a little bit. That's just how it works, inflation and whatnot. But the value of them will be more. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, if a three-year $14.7 million deal equals three years $21 million in the next, you know, three years $19 million in three four three four years from now... He's not going to get that deal. It's going to be like three years, 25 mil because of inflation. You know what I'm trying to say. But the value he's going to be better because in three to four years, he'll be 25 years old. He'll be entering his prime. He's McAvoy's not in his prime right now, which is amazing to say. Only 21 years old. His next payday is going to be big. But the thing with McAvoy, he, he was just too desperate to get back out on the ice. I mean, you heard him. He just said, I, you know, I really just wanted. I really just wanted to come back and goes back to training camp on, and goes back to the ice. Gets back on the ice on Sunday, and the team greeted him with a stick tap. McAvoy said, "I didn't want that. I'm just glad to be back. Tomorrow, hopefully, I won't get a stick tap, and I'll just be one of the guys again." Don't get me wrong; I'm not shaming McAvoy because this is an, an outrageous deal. I think McAvoy kind of sat there. I think the Bruins kind of sat there and said, all right, we're dealing with the we don't have a lot of cap space right now, right? We've got a franchise Frenchman Charlie Mac McAvoy that we've got to get back. And Charlie McAvoy was desperate to get out on the ice. Now McAvoy waited out like all right I'm kind of waiting for the call and he, you know, I'm sure they talked a little bit and he's just like, all right, the price isn't right. Let's, you know, let it go a little higher and they're just like, yeah, 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 you know, maybe. And then McAvoy just kind of get, got to a point where he just wanted to get back on the ice. And I'm not saying he would have taken a three or five million dollar deal. I'm just saying he thought, you know what, this is reasonable enough. I just want to get back on out on the ice. Honestly, this is good enough. I could get a little more. He didn't seem thrilled. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't seem thrilled about the deal. He seemed happy. He obviously wanted to get back out there. He didn't seem thrilled with with it. Like, yeah, let's go. He seemed like a little like you know what? Maybe I uh, could have got a little more. to mil. 6-8 mil and you just got him for 4.9. Great deal for the Bruins. Great business for the Bruins to wait it out and then get this guy to say, you know, I just want to go back on the ice. I'll take the cheaper deal. That's good for any team. Even if, you know, whether you're the Bruins and you're not in cap trouble or you're a team with, you know, millions of dollars to throw around. It doesn't really matter. Just great business by Don Sweeney and the Boston Bruins. But anyway, that's all I really got to say about that extension. So now we're going to move on to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. So let's get to that. With what's going on in Miami, can we blame Minka Fitzpatrick for his trade request? He requested a trade just a few days ago, and his wish was granted. The Dolphins have been horrible so far throughout their first two games. And second-year player Minka Fitzpatrick requested a trade. Minka Fitzpatrick... Had a great rookie year. I mean, he's great. He went to Alabama. He was, he was a first-round pick, 11th overall in the 2018 NFL draft by the Dolphins. So spends his rookie year there last year, 16 games, 11 started, two interceptions. Oh, advanced defense. Ooh, I like that. One second. Let me get to that. It just, it just went down to another stat. I want to get to that, too. 16 games, 11 games started, two interceptions. One pick six, nine passes deflected, 80 combined uh, tackles, two tackles for loss. And he had also – this is the part that I wanted to get to. He was targeted 69 times and let up a completion 39% of the time, which is 56.5%. And he let up 456 yards, which is 11.7 yards per completion. But remember, Minka Fitzpatrick is somebody – he's a free safety slash cornerback. He's like a slot corner slash free safety so, if you're free safety, you're mostly going to be the, you know, the safety plays deep. So, obviously, if he's being targeted and they catch the ball, it's probably going to be a deep catch, uh, right? So, he kind of just has that, he's so versatile, right? I mean, this guy 22, nearly 23 years old. I mean, it's just, he's waiting to become 23. It'll be, his birthday, I think, in two months. So, one and a half months, give or take. November 4th, okay. So that's, but he's 6'1, 207 pounds. This is a guy who can play free safety in slot corner. So you're going from a guy who can cover those 20, 25 yard bombs to the three yard crossing routes, the four yard crossing routes that the slot receiver makes. And overall, I think this guy just brings a lot of value. I like him. I do. Uh, Steelers received him a 2024th round pick and a 2021 seventh round pick from the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins received uh, Steelers' 2020 first round pick, their 2025th round pick, and their 2021 sixth round pick. And overall, I think the Dolphins are—I mean, the Steelers are getting great value here. Not to mention, you know, what has Minka Fitzpatrick done so far in this crappy Dolphins team? He's played all two games, both of the both the two games, started both of them. He's had no interceptions, obviously, but he did have a forced fumble. He recovered it. Uh, 11, 11 tackles. Uh, and then so far, he has been targeted five times, and they've caught it all five times. But I'm not going to over exaggerate, uh, over react to that. It was the first two weeks. He's probably really down because his team's been horrible. Like last year, the Dolphins were actually okay. I think they will finish, what, 7 and 9, maybe? 8 and 8? Right around there. So they finished right around the 500 mark. They weren't bad. They played a little better than people expected. And overall, it was his rookie year. He had stuff to prove. But now he goes into the second year coming off a good season, him player-wise. And the team was just 8-8. Eight eight. Now all of a sudden, a lot of roster changes. a New head coach. The team just goes out there. It's clearly tanking. They're not trying. He knows he's a good player. Not trying a whole lot. And Lamar Jackson lit him up. Tom Brady lit him up. They're doing really well. I'm not going to hold that too much against them, to be honest, uh, completely honest with you, but he just needs to step it up in Pittsburgh. But nonetheless, uh, here, here's the thing I looked up the Minka Fitzpatrick trade because I knew it was a him for a first round pick, but I was just like, I know there's additional picks. So I want to get this exactly right, get the details for you. And it said the first one that p- p- popped up was CBS Sports, and they graded the trade. And they had the same exact grades as me. And I'm not kidding. I'm not copying CBS Sports here or anything. So if you go and look and just like, does this guy even know what he's talking about? Is he just copying CBS Sports? No. I looked up the Minka Fitzpatrick deal. This popped up. I looked through it and I was just like, oh, right under it says Pittsburgh uh, Trade Grade. B+. And I said, oh, it's the same that I have. So I decided to see what they have for Miami. And I'm not going to say it just yet, but it's the same as mine. So I'm not copying CBS Sports. These are the grades I had. They just. happen to have, I guess, great minds think alike. Uh, But for Pittsburgh B-plus, I know I really like Minka Fitzpatrick. And then I said, this guy's really versatile. I mean, this guy can slot corner the free safety. And he's really young. He's a great contract. Just one point. He has a cap hit of $1.08 million in 2019. Next year, $1.95 million in 2020. In 2021, only 2.7 mil. I'd pay well over 2.7 mil on Minka Fitzpatrick this year. Three years from now? Oh my god. That's awesome. And Pittsburgh really needed somebody in the secondary. Especially at slot corner. Which Minka Fitzpatrick I think can play. Or at least he has the tools to do it. I think Minka Fitzpatrick can play some slot corner. And they just need people in that secondary. Especially that slot corner. Minka Fitzpatrick brings it. But you're probably saying, Aiden, why isn't this trade an A? One, I look at the I wouldn't say one, it's kind of a mix. It's a mix of, this team's 0-2, they just lost their starting quarterback, and they gave up their first round pick, along with the 5th and the 6th. They gave up a lot. I'm not saying this was a bad trade by the Seals, I thought this was a solid trade, I'm giving it a plus. I think they gave up a little too much, maybe slightly, but I do not think it was a horrible deal. I just think it's risky because the Steelers are 0-2 and they just lost their starting quarterback. Not to mention they're a little banged up. So all of a sudden, I'm kind of sitting here, that pick could have some value, right? Am am I wrong? Like, that pick could have some value. The Steelers are 0-2 and just lost their starting quarterback. I mean, I know those first two, you know, the Patriots are a tough opponent and you did get demolished by them in Gillette. But And I know the Seahawks are a tough opponent and you almost beat them. But still, and some people think Mason Rudolph's going to be better than Big Ben. I wouldn't go that far. Rudolph, you know, showed good signs in preseason and whatnot, but we're going to call a guy with limited NFL data, real NFL game data, better than one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Not that far, but, you know, one of the higher caliber. I mean, Ben is a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the league, right? I think he's like eleven. He's right around 10 through 12, maybe think he's 13, maybe think he's 9. But that's, you know, somewhere between a 9 to 13 range. You think Mason Rudolph's just going to come in here and top that? I I just don't know. if that. I can't count it out, right? I just can't. I can't sit here and just say that won't happen. He's showed us some good things to make me not doubt it. I just, I'm not sure. You know, he's 24 years old. He's 6'5". He's a third-round pick in the 2018 draft. And he came in last season. He played a little bit. Uh, but overall, I mean, we've seen uh, just a so small data from him. And he's looked solid. Don't get me wrong. There's talent there. He's got a good frame at 6'5. He's young. Uh, you know, he wasn't bad in his debut. He hasn't looked horrible in the preseason. I think he could be something. And maybe it's just, it's just a matter of time. Maybe this is the best thing for the uh, Steelers organization. Here with Mason Rudolph, maybe Mason Rudolph comes in here and is the next guy and opposed to them just benching him. I mean, there's clearly they have trusted in Mason Rudolph. They picked him with the third round pick. They've liked what they've seen from him. Uh poor they poor franchise, they traded like Josh Jobs for a sixth round pick. That was a guy who's been here for a while. He knows the playbook. So if Rudolph was ever in a pinch, or you're just like, we don't feel too comfortable with them just yet, yeah, you could throw him in there, but they just traded him. Ooh, that hurts. I mean, that's a guy who would have finally maybe even just got his chance now, and uh, he's been there for a while, like Josh Dobbs, but not sure he'll ever pan out into anything. Some people think Mason Rudolph will be better. And if that maybe that is all it's cracked up to be maybe Big Ben goes down with an injury, Mason Rudolph comes in here, turns this season around from 0 and 2 to 10 and 6 in a playoff berth, and he's the future quarterback for the Steelers, opposed to Big Ben playing out these next two seasons. Mason Rudolph never playing and he just walks away in free agency and they never knew they missed out on some gem. I don't count that out. I'm just saying it's not a great chance it happens. Again, not counting it out, though. But overall, they'd have to... The thing about the a patrick trade is that pick could have so much value. If the Steelers stay on this track and they finish... You know, with Big Ben out, maybe they finish 6-10, and 7-9. Whoa. All of a sudden, that pick has some value. But if they turn the season around go 10-6, and this trade was so worth it. Or they go 9-7, and it's not a horrible trade. And the thing about it is, yes, you're giving a first-round pick as long... Is you don't finish too low. As long as you're not six and ten or five and eleven, this is okay. Because you have to remember, Minka Fitzpatrick's got three very cheap years left on the and He's very young too, so it's not a. It's a pretty good trade, but I just can't put it at an A because of what they gave up and what they're potentially giving up. I mean, if the seals turns around and go ten and six, this trade is an A. If they go five and eleven, this trade's maybe a. Eh, B minus maybe you're still getting good a good player it's just a pick that really just depends on how the Sealer season goes then we flip things over to Miami I'm gonna give them an A okay and my thing that I don't I I kind of want to make this an A minus not gonna lie might change it's A to A minus here and the, the the reason being you're getting good compensation I mean you gave up Minka Fitzpatrick essentially Minka Fitzpatrick in the first round pick and then you have a fourth and a seventh for a fifth and a sixth. Pretty balanced. Like, Minka Fitzpatrick's worth, again, this picks a wild card, but maybe a slightly more than the first-round pick, you know, middle-value first-round pick. And then, yeah, I'd say Minka Fitzpatrick's worth, like, a first and a fourth. Right, and you gave up, I mean, that, that's all compensation. But my problem with it is, even though Minka Fitzpatrick wanted out, so you're just gonna let all your good players go. You just picked this guy, he showed great potential, and you're just gonna let him go. And don't get me wrong, they're gonna have a ton of picks. But we let Laramie Tunsil go. We let Kenny Stills go. We might trade Kenyon Drake now. Uh Minka Fitzpatrick's gone. with Xavier Howard? Is he next? Kiko Alonso's gone. Like they have nobody. They have Devontae Parker, uh Kenyon Drake. Colleen Ballage, I guess? I, I just don't know. And they still have Xavier Howard. But, you know, I know these guys are requesting trades, but can you at least persuade them? Like, look, we've got a great future here. You're a young player. We want you to be a part of it. This is bad business trading all your players. This is going to be a horrible year for the Dolphins. They're clearly tanking. And all their players are going to walk. They're going to need a draft. That's All, all the Dolphins need to do is heavily scout players this year. They have so many picks, heavily scout players this year and for the upcoming years. I worry about this year because things change, you know, but God, I mean, they, it's just such a clear tank. It's not even funny. And I know a lot of these players requested trades. I'm sure if the Dolphins had the, the, had the choice, they'd want to keep Minka Fitzpatrick. They'd sit there and say, We want to keep you. We just picked, up, you know, we just used an 11th overall pick on you, and you had a good year. So I just, I don't know. I just think this is poor business. Or the Dolphins. Not even just poor business, because it was a solid trade. And they got solid compensation for the player. Just bad ownership. Like, you get Kenyon Drake. And, I mean, Drake hasn't been great, alright? Drake's been okay. He's been average. But, you know, you get all these guys, like Minka Fitzpatrick. You've just spent the 11th overall pick on him, not last draft of the draft before that. He showed great potential in his rookie year, and now you're just trading him. Like, it's just bad. All of a sudden, I mean, the Dolphins could really do something. But... I just don't like it. I just don't like how, yeah, your team's bad, but you've still got a few boys. you got Minka Fitzpatrick. You've got, you know, Kenny Drake's not great, but he's a nice young player. Now all of a sudden you're trading him for more picks. You've got to have something. You've got to have somewhat of a foundation. You can't have a foundation full of first round picks. You've got to have, if you want to rebuild, I don't care if it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, you name it. You ha- I think you at least if you're rebuilding, you've got to already have that player or two, at least, that you can trust. That you know what you're getting out of them. And as much as, yeah, the Dolphins have 20 first-round picks, it feels like they should at least land one. I'm not denying that. I think they will at least least land one or two, at very least. But I think you just want that foundation. You want that guy who you already got on your roster, that already knows the playbook, and you already know what he can give you in your system. That's young. I think in Minka Fitzpatrick could be that guy. Kenyon Drake, if you know he does something, not even him, just make it Patrick. I, I really, and I know we requested trade. That's why tanking is just the players have too much power to tank nowadays. Because if you tank, everyone wants to win. Jalen Ramsey, you just start with him. We're just gonna get to him in a minute. But these players, I mean, if you tank and you're or even not even tanking, if your team starts to not do good, people, players don't want to be there. It is hard to keep players. Good elite players, whether they're young talents or veterans, in a spot that's losing. Only loyal players will stay. Only loyal players who trust what you're doing will stay. Like, you guys like Mike Conley are a good example. Uh, Just loyal players, right? And those don't come. Those are kind of, at this point, once in a blue moon players. The players have too much power to really tank. And tanking's no good. I don't want to see it. That Dolphin seems horrible. One of the worst teams I've ever seen. So that is my little breakdown on the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. So now uh, we are going to get to the Jalen Ramsey trade. Not trade, but the trade request. So let's get to that. Well, I don't know what to say. Uh, The tanking. I mean, not even tanking. I don't even want to say that. Because that's not the right word. I don't think the Jags are tanking. I really don't. I thought they were going to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. Not sure anymore. Nick Foles goes down with an injury. They're now 0-2, given they face the Chiefs and the Texans. I feel like we have to remember that. They face the Chiefs and the Texans. Two of the toughest teams in the AFC. But it just doesn't look too good. It doesn't look good for the Jags. Because Nick Foles is out. They're 0-2, and Jalen Ramsey might be out as well. Their best player. I mean, anyone who debates that, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's their best player. I mean, yeah, there's Calais Campbell, I guess, but... Maybe Leonard Fournette has the potential to overtake him, but he won't. He's the best player on that Jags team. On that Jags defense team, whatever you want to say. But I think we saw something. We've always seen a little bit of friction between the Jags and Jalen Ramsey, and we saw it. Uh, On Sunday against the Texans, he had that debacle on the sideline with Doug Marone and... I guess we should have saw that as maybe a red flag. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's never been 100% with the Jaguars. I feel like there's always a little bit of an issue, a little friction between the two sides, in a way. This was big, and now he's done. I don't know if it's exactly, completely this. Because I don't think it's, I think this just put him over the edge. I think Jalen Ramsey was sitting there saying, you know what, going into this year, we better have a good year. I want to compete. The Shaq team's never really been a true contender, except for that one ASC championship year, and then that last year they were sucked. They are horrible last year. He's due for a big payday in a few years. A two couple years. Two years. after Not this season, but after next season. So, that'll be interesting. But, like... I mean, Jalen Ramsey. He's a special talent. And he wants to win. He's on a Jaguars team now. that's seen their starting quarterback go down with an injury. They had a disappointing season last season. They started out 0-2. I think he has to realize they had two tough opponents and nearly just won last week. But... Jalen Ramsey, after that, I think that uh, sideline debacle kind of put him over the edge. I think if they that did not happen, I think Jalen Ramsey wouldn't request the trade. I think he'd wait it out. I think he would wait it out. He wants to compete. Jalen Ramsey even said if he's still in Jacksonville on Thursday Night Football, he'll play. The Jaguars would be stupid to play him if they're still soft shopping him. If Jalen Ramsey says, yeah, I'll play for you guys... Thursday football, but I still want to be traded. They'd be stupid to play it. If he gets hurt, then what does that do to his trade value? If I'm the Jags saying no, if you want to be here, we'll play you. But if you want to be traded, we're not playing you. We're not playing you when you want to be traded, and then that just makes no sense. Any common, uh, anyone common sense knows that. Uh, but here are some teams that could really get Jalen Ramsey. My front runner's got to be the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs should be the team after Jalen Ramsey. Right now, Jags seem to, like, they want two first-round picks for Ramsey. I mean, this is arguably already the best corner in the league. He's 24 years old. And two teams have already been willing to give up two first-round picks for him. The Chiefs have to go after him. The Chiefs are a perfect fit. Because, one, the Chiefs have probably the best offense in the league. Most explosive, at least. I'd say they have the best offense in the league. Okay, at least the most explosive, at very least. I, I think most people think they're the best offense, if not like second best, but they're the most explosive and but their defense is what's holding them back. I think their defense is slightly I don't even want to say underrated because they're bad. they are bad they're it, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. They're at least bottom three. But I think they've got some pieces, Tyra and Matthew, Chris Jones, but nonetheless they need to add Jalen Ramsey would be a great addition, not only because you bolster up that defense. Their defense would be better. I don't think their defense would be, all of a sudden, top 10 or anything like that. But it would improve. If you get Jalen Ramsey, you're out of the bottom three. Congrats. If you give up two first-round picks and a sixth for Jalen Ramsey, you didn't give up any players, you're you're out of the bottom three. Probably even out of the bottom five. Maybe even with Jalen Ramsey. But not only that. Not only because that would really not make the Chiefs defense great, but that would really bolster them. That would be amazing. But... Jalen Ramsey is a man-to-man defender, That no defense weighs more man-to-man than the Kansas City used to. So that's where I look at it like the Eagles have been mentioned. The thing about the Eagles is they play so much zone. They're zone-orientated defense. Jalen Ramsey is not a zone-orientated cornerback. He is a man-to-man guy. He's a perfect fit for the Chiefs, not only because he really sets, puts them over the top and really digs their defense out of that top three, I mean bottom three, even maybe bottom five. They play so much man-to-man. He's just a perfect fit in their defense. Like the Eagles, not really. The Eagles are the next stop. I'm not sure Jalen Ramsey would be a horrible fit there. I just think he'd be a little worse than people expect. Not not i mentioned he doesn't a big payday in two years, and the Eagles and cap space aren't looking too great. Like it's just not. I I hate to say it, it just isn't. The uh, Seahawks are another option. I wouldn't mind that one. That one's not horrible. That would really set the Seahawks' defense over the edge. They have a great front seven. Their secondary needs some work, though. If I were them, I'd aim for Jalen Ramsey, but I wouldn't bid too high on them because they need to build around Russell Wilson. That defense is good enough right now. If there's one side of the ball you need to build on, it's offense. You've got a solid running back court. You've got your quarterback. Now let's get weapons around him and let's build an offensive line around him, okay? And DK Metcalf looked good so far. Tyler Lockett looked okay. They need another tight end slash wide receiver, at least one. And they desperately need offensive linemen, and they could even use a running back. When Chris Carson goes down with injury, they've kind of got mediocre backups. I don't know. Jalen Rosey wouldn't be a horrible addition, but just don't give up too much for him because you still have so much to build on the offensive side of the ball. And your defense is fine right now. I think, yes, for secondary, if you got Jalen Ramsey, you may have one of the best defenses in the league. But you need to build on offense. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't hate the addition, but just don't overpay for him to the point where it's just like, all right, we can't really make any more moves this year because we're kind of out of assets. And all of a sudden, where does that leave your offense? I, I just don't, I don't think they'd be horrible offensively. I'm just saying, eh. Dallas Cowboys wouldn't be a bad option. Uh, they're always after the big-time player, I think. Uh, they could use a guy like Jalen Ramsey; it wouldn't be horrible. They could use some help uh, to that secondary. I don't think their secondary is horrible, but it's not good either. Their front seven's better; their front seven much better. So they could use Jalen. I actually—that's that—is the underrated spot. I never Cowboys underrated. Same sentence. It's a bit weird. Uh, overhated, hated Cowboys in the same sentence. Yes, but underrated. No, they're an underrated uh, trade landing, I guess you could say, landing swap for Daniel Ramsey. They're always after the big player. And, yes, Cavs face is going to be an issue there. They've got to still play Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and guys like that. But maybe they can make it work, and that wouldn't be a bad fit. If, if they're willing to – Jerry Jones really were willing to really push the cap and get Jalen Ramsey, you do you. I think that would really make the, the Cowboys really a threat. Uh, and then one other one, the Patriots. I hate this. It's, it's not, not, it's not up. Up. so I know it it seems like you know when they acquire Antonio Brown, like this would be their kind of thing. Two first round picks. I'm not giving up two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey as a Patriots fan. I'm not saying he's not worth two first round picks. I'm just saying this Patriots team has lot three points so far. I know they face the Dolphins and the Steelers. Steelers are pretty good, but out of down week in the Dolphins are the Dolphins. But it doesn't take away, we all know the defense is good. In the past three games, if you want to throw in the Super Bowl against the Rams, they've allowed six points. This even, and this has probably got even better. Yes, they lost Ray Flowers, but they've made some other additions as a unit. They've come together even more chemistry, all that. They look good. And Their secondary is so good. You've already got Stefan Gilmore. I feel like, you know, we're kind of getting close to the salary cap here. We're kind of cutting it close get to the Rams. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see it see happening. That. I don't want to spend those assets – that money for a guy we just don't really need, right? We don't need Jalen Ramsey. And, yes, it would be a nice young corner. Would get add youth. I mean, safan Gilmore's not 24 years old like Ramsey is, what I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't count out Ramsey going back to the Jags. I don't. I don't count that out at all. In fact, I think it could happen. I think Jalen Ramsey could sit there. I think it could kind of be like a Melvin Gordon situation where they don't want to trade him. They say, yeah, we're not going to play you, but we don't want to really trade you either. So Jalen Ramsey's sitting there like, okay, I have two years left on my deal. I can't enter free agency after this last year. And they're not going to trade me, but they're not going to play me either. So either I have to commit to playing. You know, they just kind of forced him into that. I could see that happening. Uh, But I I just don't know. I think he ultimately, at the end of the day, it sounds like he's going to get traded, but who knows? Maybe the Jags said, no, we're going to just kind of hold out on all this. So that is my thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey uh, trade request. You can call in again on the Anchor Mobile app. Anything is on the table. So now we are going to get to a week, uh, a review of this week in football, not including Thursday Night Football. on the last episode if you want to go check that out. But, again, a little quicker than last time, yes, I know the Daniel Jones news, I'm going to get to that. The injuries, yes, I'm going to get to it all. So, for those of you who are like, did you just forget Daniel Jones spending the starter? No, I'm going to get to that. I should have added that in the intro, but I didn't, okay, sorry. So, now we are going to get to a complete review of every Sunday and Monday football game. So, uh, every football game on Monday, Sunday and Monday, Monday, so let's get out that. that. Okay, so week two is now in the books. Uh, And we're just going to go through some of these games. So my bigger takeaways, Ravens versus Cardinals. I'm not hopping on Lamar Jackson. I trained just yet. He's faced easy defenses. The Dolphins defense is bad. I think the Cardinals defense is a little underrated. Not horrible, but they're not that great either. Next week, he's facing the Chiefs. I'll say Jalen Ramsey, which even still, they wouldn't be that great still. I, you know He's showed to be a great dual-threat quarterback. First nine games, he's 8-1, but next week he'll face the Chiefs. That's his only regular season loss. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, but also, I'd like to see uh, Mark Ingram came back down to life, but i like to see Marquise Brown. He's got a great connection with Marquise Brown. Mark Andrew's starting to get some of that recognition he deserves. I mean, Andrew's actually good down the stretch last year, and the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he really showed up, uh, he had a solid week, mostly good fourth quarter, I, I like Kyler Murray, I think he's got some developing to do, they could have a few pieces around him offensively and defensively, but overall, not a very good Cardinals team, but he's been pretty good, I honestly, he throws off his back foot way too much, and way too much just floating up in the air and hoping his quarterbacks will, uh, catch it, because I just saw a lot of that, he just, you know, Say Hutt, a half second later, one second later, he's floating up to Larry Fitzgerald, just hoping their receiver makes a play. I don't want to see that as much from Kyler Murray. Uh, David Johnson also, seven carries, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, He had that wrist injury. Hopefully, he can bounce back next week. Uh, Lions versus Chargers. Told you, I just don't believe in the Chargers team. They've suffered some injuries, they suffered even more injuries this week. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to bounce back. Loss to the Lions is tough. I mean, the Chargers have not looked good. They faced two mediocre teams. They barely squeaked one out against the Colts in overtime. And they should have lost that game. Vinatieri missed multiple, multiple kicks. And that this week against... The Lions they lose, so I'm just not a huge fan of this Chargers team to be honest. But I just don't think they need Melvin Gordon. It's the one thing I am a fan of, big Austin Eckler fan. I like Justin Jackson as well. I don't think they need him to be honest. I really don't. And Mike Williams also played pretty well for uh, for a guy with the knee injury. But the Lions, Matt Stafford did throw two interceptions, but he had two touchdowns as well. It looks like he's having somewhat of a bounce back season. Colts versus Titans. Uh, I I want before we start, I just want to say Adam Vinatieri. I wanted to talk about him so bad last week, and I forgot. I forgot, right? So I'm sitting there like, yeah, they should have won that game because I, because I don't usually talk about special teams, but he has really struggled. I mean, wow, oh my God, he Donovan Terry, he's really, really struggled. He's just missing a lot of kicks. And you see he's not going to retire, but he just needs to get the demons out of his head. Jacoby Brissett, though, he looks solid. Three touchdowns, one interception, 17 for 28, 146 yards. I want to see a few more shots downfield for Jacoby Brissett, but he throws a good ball. He's got a tight spiral, uh, and he's really just a short, efficient passer. And he can always take a shot or two down the field. He's got a pretty good arm, uh, but he just needs deep field accuracy. Brissett's look good. And they gave him the money, and he's paid off so far. I mean, the Colts could be 2-0 right now if it weren't for some special teams' woes. Jordan Wilkins looked great. Five carries for 82 yards, and only his five carries, but he did look good. And a game Marlon Mack, could not establish the run game. 20 carries, 51 yards. They were facing a tough defense, though. T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, and Paris Campbell all catching touchdowns. And then Marcus Mediocre, I mean, Mariota. Say so back to earth. I mean, that was a fluky week one. I'm not a believer in him, but I am a believer now. Starting to believe really in Derrick Henry. I thought this guy was super overrated after last year. It's like I need to see it again. He's looked great these first two weeks. 15 carries, 81 yards, and to a touchdown. Uh last game. Then we go over to the 49ers versus the Bengals. Uh the 49ers coming off a game where they really only won because the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston just kept throwing interceptions. The 49 frankly, didn't even play that good in Week 1, but the Bucs just played even worse. Uh, but this week, they really showed up in 41 points. Jimmy G came in 17 for 25, 297 yards, three touchdowns and interception. He had forced one of those balls, but and threw it right to the Bengals' defender. But he still looked good. Matt Brady was amazing. Only 12 carries, but he made the most of them, 121 yards. Raheem, Raheem Mostert. 13 carries, 83 yards. Jeffrey Wilson, 10 carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns. They ran all over the Bengals, and the Bengals just couldn't stop the bleeding yesterday. The Bengals need to figure things out uh, offensively and mostly defensively, but even offensively. I mean, Joe Mixon had 11 carries for 17 yards. Bernard Giovanni Bernard, 6 for 6. Like, you got to be kidding me. And Dalton was okay yesterday, 26 for 42, 311 passing yards, two touchdowns, interception. He's looked a little better on Zach, and he still needs to improve. Jimmy G, though, he's really starting to ease his way back into things, but he needs to stay healthy. Jaguars versus Texans. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 23 for 33, 213 yards, a touchdown. He didn't look bad. Uh, mostly looked good in that fourth quarter. Almost led the comeback. Leonard Fournette, 15 carries, 47 yards. He really needs to establish a run game if this team wants to shot. Deshaun Watson, 16 for 29, 59 yards. He didn't even look that great, really, if you want the complete and honest truth. He said, though, you got to let those pieces start to click. I mean, Deshaun Watson's right. They get Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, Carlos Hyde, basically right before the season starts. you got to let those pieces click. They look good against the Saints, but this Jags defense really showed up last week. Obviously, the Jalen Ramsey stuff we heard. Got to the Texans sweep this one out. I said after them on the night football loss, don't worry. Uh, they played a very good game. The Saints just played a little bit better. And these are two teams that I really like. I really like the Texans, I really like the Jaguars. This was a tough one to see. Both of them not play great uh, against each other, but Texans need to keep things rolling. That offense needs to start the click. Uh, but luckily, the division doesn't look great. The Colts the Colts look a little better than people are expecting. I'm not too concerned about the Titans. Jaguars, though, so I don't want to. I'd love to see the Jaguars win Thursday night football. They've got a lot of adversity on them right now. They just lost Nick Foles, not for the season. But Jalen Ramsey, stuff, too. I'd love to see them win against the Titans team that I just don't believe in. I think the Jaguars have some potential, though, compared to the Titans. I just don't think. Why I don't think. Then Packers... Vikings-Packers winning this one 21-16. Packers need a consistent offense. They started out out that first quarter amazing. Right off the bat, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams were a big gain, and they really couldn't keep things going. They scored no points in the second half. And they, they played good, really, in the first half, especially that first quarter, but they just couldn't stay consistent. I mean, Aaron Jones was very good. 23 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers was pretty good against the Vikings, a team they usually struggles against. And overall, I don't think the Vikings manhandled the Packers. Usually they come in and do that Uh but this, this week not really, but they made adjustments at the half and they came in and did a good job. Kirk Cousins, come on. This is what I was talking about. Kirk Cousins puts up the stats and if the regular, regular season, regular, regular, regular if the regular season game against the Lions or something, he's gonna do good. But when he's facing a solid team or a solid defense, he's put in a pressure situation, he's bad. This way you can't win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. They should have ran the ball on that first single. Uh, from the 8-yard line, but nonetheless, Kirk Cousins, that was a horrible throw, horrible decision. Dalvin Cook stays hot, 20 carries on, 54 yards, and touchdown. I wasn't a believer going into the season just because the injuries. He didn't look great last year, but the O-line looks a little better. He looks a lot better, a lot stronger. The Packers shocked me. I thought the Vikings were going to keep things rolling win. I thought the Packers didn't really play that good in Thursday Night Football open up the season, I thought they, they, I just don't know. But their defense really won them this game, to be honest. But the offense just needs to play a complete 60 minutes and really convince me. Cowboys, Redskins, Cowboys win 31 to 21. Pretty convincing fashion here. Dak Prescott, 26 for 30, 269 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. He was great. Zeke was good on the ground. I mean, and there's not, this Cowboys team just look really, really good given they faced the Giants and the Redskins. So let's not overreact here a little bit or, or anything like that. Now this puts pressure on, should the Redskins start uh, Dwayne Haskins? You're 0-2, now the Giants are playing Dwayne Haskins. If you ask me, I don't think they should. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is ready. Uh, Case Keenum's looked solid so far. I mean, he's had a good week one, especially a good first half. And he looks solid this week. I don't think Case Keenum was, has been horrible. I think he's over-exceeded expectations. And yes, the Redskins probably won't make any noise. And they may be 0-2, but I think Dwayne Haskins is uh, be on the clipboard uh, yeah. and just learn right now. Let him develop. Don't play him too early. Keenum's got something. Try to keep stay somewhat competitive here. You face two good teams. Played solid, just not good enough. The Redskins won't make the playoffs or anything like that, but keep Dwayne Hasses on the sideline. Stay somewhat competitive here. The Cowboys just look really good, though. And now, you know, should we pay Dak Prescott? Is he worthy of that extension now? We're going to have to see. Then we move over to the Seahawks and Steelers. Ooh. Se- Seahawks edge just went out. This is a pretty sloppy game, honestly. Uh, you know, four Russ was sacked four times and fumbled twice in the first half. They had ten penalties. Seahawks really didn't play that great. I'm still not sold on the Seahawks because uh, they edged one out against the Bengals. They really edged one out against an injury riddle, not looking so great Steelers team. Uh, Russell Wilson looks solid, though. 29 for 35, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He always looks good. Rashad Penny really came in and did good. Chris Carson was solid as well. Overall, DK Metcalf, though, he's really done. Uh, he's really stepped up and paid dividends for the scene. Three catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. He's been much better right off the bat than I thought. Uh, but Mason Rudolph came in, 12 for 19, 112 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. People think, think he could really do something. something. I, 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 I discussed I discuss this at the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure. Does not look great for the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's done for the year. It just, James Conner just got banged up. It's not looking good for the Steelers. But, I don't count them out just yet. But, it's going to pretty much be a must win week three. Seahawks, though, have edged out two games. Not sold on them, but we'll see what happens. Bills versus Giants. Uh, Bills 2-0 both games in New York. Here's the thing, those are just a, not a huge believer in the Bills. I like their defense. Don't like their offense at all. Buffalo Bills, they're close to New York. They just played back-to-back road games in New York. The Bills, this is a pretty easy first two games. The Jets did not play great in that first week. And the Giants were really horrible this week. You faced an okay Jets team, and you faced a bad Giants team. Both in New York. So the Buffalo Bills are close to New York. And then got to, you know, just travel a little bit to stay in, you know, Weather that they've been playing in, you know, similar weather. And they got to stay in New York for two weeks. In similar weather that they're already used to. Against two teams that aren't anything better than average. The Giants are horrible. The Jets are pretty average. So I'm not going to overhype the Giants here or anything. My boy Frank Gore, though, showed up with a pretty solid week. But overall, I'm not going to overhype those. those like, play. Play. They're, they're not going to win the division play. over the Patriots. They make a running for the wild card, especially with the Jets starting now, two. You know, the Dolphins aren't going to do anything, obviously. So we'll see what happens there. Then we move over to the Patriots. Oh, my God. This game, I watched it. Patriots killed the Dolphins 43 to nothing. Uh, the only things I have to say is the Tom Brady Antonio Brown connection is great. Uh, it was a great connection there. They defeated him. while it was the Dolphins, so I'm not going to overhype it. But Steven Goskowski, too, is it time to replace this guy? He, you know, he went one for two. He's starting to really miss some kicks. He hasn't been too clutch. He missed some preseason kicks. He went one for two this game. I, I'm just not. I think it's time to start thinking about a Steven Goskowski replacement, but at the same time, I think he's better than some other guys. But I think at least by the end of this season. But we'll, we'll see. If people say, yeah, he struggles in Miami, that's one game a year. The Super Bowl's in Miami, so I'm just saying, Patriots have plans to be there. So I'm just saying, yeah, if he struggles in Miami, you know, it's just one game. No, the Super Bowl's there, and the Patriots have plans to be in that game. So we'll see what happens there. But Chiefs, Raiders, 28-10 to win for the Chiefs. No scoring in the second half. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk, thunk it? it? Who would have thunk it? Jeez, wow. Raiders got off to a hot, hot start. Came out, shut the Chiefs' offense down. Came out, scored 10 points. Got off to that lead, but the Chiefs killed them in the second quarter. They really didn't. That's where the Chiefs made their money. Patrick Mahomes, 30 for 44, 443 yards, four touchdowns. And really, outside of that second quarter, they really didn't do very good. They couldn't establish a run game. That was a pretty bad defense. I expected a little more of the Chiefs' offense, uh, but the second quarter was great. They just need to play a more consistent game, which they will. I'm not too concerned. Derek Carr overall. It's a horrible defense, and he just did not play very well. Raiders could have stole a game there. Really, really done some damage, but they didn't. They just got off to oh, a nice little first quarter, and then they just couldn't follow through. Saints versus Rams. Rams winning this one 27-9. I thought the Saints would win. And then again, Drew Brees would go down the injury. a yeah, yeah. uh, fifth yeah. passing yeah. attempt, yeah. and he threw the pick. And Teddy Bridgewater came in and just didn't look good. 17 for 30, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. This isn't horrible. Teddy Bridgewater just didn't look prepared. He didn't. He didn't really. You know, just to me, he just didn't really look ready, right? And he wasn't horrible. He just did not look very good either. He's facing a pretty tough defense. Don't get me wrong. But he just has to be, look ready. He's got to be their guy. I don't think they want to rely on Taysom Hill at least just yet. I respect the decision going with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but Dalvin Kamara even struggled, too. Jared Goff was solid in this game. Todd Gurley kind of getting back to his old way. 16 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Rams 2-0 and so far. Uh, their first week one win wasn't too convincing over the Panthers, but this was a pretty good win. Still not too sold on the Rams. I know you know they're a very highly talented team, but I expect a bit of a regression this year. They've got two other 2-0 and teams in their division, and the Saints... Didn't, didn't really play a game, game and lost game. to the Panthers. Not sold on the Rams just yet, but I do think they'll at least make the playoffs. Bears versus Broncos, what an ending to this game. Wow. Uh, the Bears edged it out against the Broncos. Joe Flacco to Emmanuel Sanders for the touchdown and the two-point conversion. But then the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, last second, climbs up in the pro- pocket, slings one. I mean, slings one down the field. They get down. They get into field goal range, and Eddie Pinheiro, three for three on the day, he makes the game-winning field goal. Wow, what a that was a fun game to watch, and I'm still concerned about the Bears though because that offense is just so suspect. Suspect. I think we all expected a low-scoring game, you know, just two weak offenses. Two very good defenses. Overall, that was a fun ending. The Bears often tested to up. I'm a big believer in the Bears, and they didn't have a great showing in Week 1, and they nearly lost to the Broncos. They lost last week of the Bears. That was a huge win for them because they've got a really tough schedule this year. That's one of their easier games on their schedule. That was a big, big win for the Chicago Bears. That's a huge win for them, and they barely sweep that one out. you got to be nervous about them, but... I'll. I guess I'll let it slide. They got. They got to really start winning some games in convincing fashion. The offense has really got to start clicking. Uh, Eagles, Falcons. It was an interesting one. Uh, Eagles suffered some injuries. That was a big loss for the Eagles because now all of a sudden you're one and one. Uh, you lost in Sunday Night Football, and they also Carson Wentz got banged up in this game. Deshaun. Uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, got hurt as well. So did Alshon Jeffrey. Dallas Godert uh, was hurt before, but he just got banged. He's still banged up. So, whew, I mean, they, they suffered some injury in Atlanta. It was an exciting finish. Overall, it was a huge game for the Falcons to go out in Sunday night football. A lot, of, a lot of people had high hopes for the Falcons for a bounce-back season. Then they just got, I don't want to say destroyed, but they really got manhandled by the Vikings in week one. And then they went out in Sunday Night Football in Atlanta against a tough Eagles team and played well against them. Matt Ryan has to play better, I think. 27 for 43, 320 yards, three touchdowns with three interceptions. This is a guy who threw seven interceptions last year. I think he has five already this season. He needs to take care of the ball. That nearly lost him the game. They need to establish a run game as well. But Julio Jones looked awesome. Five catches, hundred six yards, two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley was... Not too much worse, if not better. Eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown, but Julio had that uh, clutch catch. So uh, the Falcons really had a very convincing win, But ryan has got to take care of the ball. The defense got to play with this type of energy every single week. Then the last game Browns versus Jets. Browns kind of manhandling the Jets. Uh, if I just say Baker Mayfield, he's got to make some better reads. I saw him miss some reads, but overall. The Browns, I'm not sold on the Browns. I'm really not. I mean, that was not a great week one showing that. Then they go up against the Jets team that really felt like they had the air sucked out of them. Uh, Jam Darnold goes down with Mono. Josh, uh, not Josh, McCown. Last season he was with them. Um, Trevor Simeon goes down with the injury, and Luke Falk comes in. And Simeon was horrible. He just kept getting harassed. Luke Falk didn't look horrible. Twenty for twenty-five, hundred ninety-eight yards. Uh, but overall, that Jets team. I, you know, those are two teams that people kind of overhyped. The Jets and the Browns. These are off of the uh, great, great start. Nick, Nick Chubb yeah. had a good game. 18 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. He had a solid game. Not great, but solid. Odell really had a good game. Six catches, 161 yards, a touchdown. He had that touchdown where he kind of cut across the field and scored. He had the one-handed catch. Odell had himself a day at MetLife Stadium. The same stadium he had that uh, internet-bicking one-handed catch. So that is my uh, week two breakdown. I know much quicker than last week. Last week was literally a process. uh, This week much quicker. This is how I like to do it. Keep it fast paced because I'm not trying to rush through it or anything. I'm just saying you guys don't want to hear me, oh, and this receiver had one catch for ten yards. Yeah, I'll go through some of the more important stats, but just keep it rolling because you guys don't want to hear me uh just ramble through the stats I gave, you know, some of the more important takeaways. That's how we're gonna do it for now. That week one, I'm like how I thought to myself after, how am I gonna do this every week? How am I going to motivate myself to do this every single week when there's other stuff to talk about as well, especially, you know, when baseball playoffs come and then the Celtics and Bruins start and then just the NBA and NHL and then MLB playoffs and all that. So I'm just sitting there like, wow, how am I going to do this? And I can't do podcasts like every day anymore either, but that is the way to go. So thank you guys for listening. Go follow my Instagram at AfterTheBuzzersportsTalk, Sports Talk. All lowercase no spaces. Again, that's at after the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase no spaces for sports content and podcast updates. Also go call in on the Anchor Mobile app. Download the Anchor Mobile app. Type in uh, my name at uh not at After I always say that. If you guys listen right now, I always say at After the Buzzer. Just type in at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. It's a pop-up. You can send a voice message. If you can't get the Anchor Mobile app or don't feel like it. Just go on safari, type in after the sports talk by A.M.A. Pop up, click the link, you can send it a voice message that way. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.